Welcome to Freedom Slay Podcast, where fempreneurs, side hustlers, and entrepreneurs come to fast track their success. If you're a millennial girl boss, listen, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of the goods, because every week you're going to get the tools that you need to slay your business goals to create a life of time and financial freedom. I'm Ganette Jones, your host and Freedom Slayer in charge here. Let's begin. Welcome or welcome back to the Freedom Slave podcast. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. I know I say that every time. And this one, I think you're going to enjoy it because it's something for those of you out there who are creative. And I feel like entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs at heart are creative at something. And the individual we're talking to today is an advocate for creative empowerment. And not only that, they motivate artists to embrace their strengths and achieve financial and creative empowerment. And when I say artists, many of you may be thinking like painter, but I believe an artist is anyone who expresses themselves through art in any form, whether that's singing or writing or, you know, whatever. And if you're an entrepreneur, you're likely writing some things, even if that's copy for your marketing, right? So I feel like we're all creatives in nature. And I think you're really going to enjoy this podcast because this person is voted as the most inspiring. He's in the class of 2021, most inspiring immigrants in Atlantic Canada. So it's actually my brother-in-law, Dwayne Jones, and he wears many hats under his business art pays me he's a podcaster he actually paints he designs clothing he does so many different things and i think you're really gonna love this episode because we dive into how to juggle all those hats or how he goes about doing it how he deals with it while working a full-time job and we also get into the creative piece and how to express yourself without the fear of judgment and if you do have that fear of judgment how to overcome it so that you could put your thing into the world. So without further ado, I introduce you to my brother-in-law, my brother, Dwayne Jones. Hey, DJ. Hello. I'm so excited to have you here. Where's your excitement in your face for me? You know me, I don't get excited for very much. (laughs) So excited to have you on here. So obviously I shared a bit about who you are. I mentioned that you're my brother-in-law. So I shared all of those things and what you do in the episode intro, but can you just let the audience know in your own words, like who you are, what it is that you do and who you're here to serve? Yes, indeed. So I was joking. I am excited to be here. So (laughs) (laughs) my name is Dwayne and you know that already. So what I do is a bunch of different things. So I have my clothing brand called Art Pays Me. And I would say, generally speaking, it serves artists, but not necessarily artists with a capital A that are painting in a studio, but people who identify as creative professionals in general. And sometimes even people who don't even realize that they do because they're involved in very creative work that doesn't necessarily involve aesthetics or even music or film or anything like that. They're just creative thinkers and entrepreneurial minds. So yeah, I'd say that. I love that you explained that because actually I've done a few intros. I'm not sure which one, which take I'm going to use or which take my editor is going to use, I should say, but in one of them, and I hope that was the last one I did, I did mention that I'm like, you know, you hear the word artist and you automatically go to like a painter or someone who, you know, who's on the side of the street painting something really dope. But it's like most entrepreneurs have some type of creative spirit, because even if you're creating copy for your website or something, it requires you to be and think a bit differently than the rest. Right. So I'm glad you explained that. So what age would you say was it that you realized, hey, like I'm creative, right? I know how to do some things. 
I don't think there was a time when I didn't think that. I have a memory of being maybe four and showing my mom some art and ha- asking to put it up on the fridge. So I don't know. <laughs> so paint, like, was it drawing and painting was like the first thing that you were into, like as far as the arts side of things was, right? Yeah, like whatever they gave us at school to use, that's what I was using. But I did get like really obsessively into drawing. There were these specific mechanical pencils that I could get from my mom's job. And I just love to draw with those specific pencils. So I'd be like, can you bring me one whenever I run out of lead? And uh, she would always bring them back. And that's mostly what I would say my early attention ends up going into. It's when I developed my own independent creative practice, if you could call it that. It was just drawing. I would just draw all the time. Mm-hmm. And got your mom to basically steal pencils for you, which is hilarious. Because as you're as a child, you don't know. You're like, man, your office has some cool stuff. Grab some of this. You don't realize it's like, okay, it's coming yeah. off of somebody's PO. <laughs> oh my goodness. No, but that's cool then. For those of you who don't know, which is probably most of you, unless you've looked at my story from time to time, but DJ is what I call him. But Dwayne is actually the designer of the logo for Best Period. He also did our actual whole box and design for the entire box and even like my wedding invitations and stuff. So he does a whole lot. So he has a podcast. I shared that already. He designs clothing. He paints. He does so many things. So DJ, I guess my question for you is, you know, you have all of these things going on your podcast. You're like, I just mentioned all your stuff. Like, first of all, I want to know how you do it. And the second thing I want to know is, did you purposely choose all of these things because it allows you to like explore each of your pieces of your skill set or is it just something that you fell upon? Okay, so how I do all of it? I do it poorly. Stop it. Stop. <laughs> I don't know. I try my best. But I'd say, well, if you go back, I sort of fell into graphic design because, like I said, I was always creative. I was always an artist. But I also did really like money and the idea of saving up for things and and uh I felt like I had a an accounting mind so I did want to go into accounting at one point and that is you know in Bermuda that like the financial industry just is is big there so it just kind of made sense but academically I wasn't able to keep up with any with everybody else so they really wouldn't let me pursue it further and then when I was at Barclay, my art teacher there was kind of noticing that the style of my art was graphic in nature, if you would call it that. And he suggested I try graphic design as a career. And I didn't know what it was. I just was like, thought you just use computers or something. But I didn't feel like I was good at anything else. So I was like, whatever, if that's what it is, I'll try it. And what I started to think of is... You know, I always had like a practical money making mindset. So I was like, well, this could be a practical way to use my creative skills. So it may not be as artistic and creative as I want it to be, but I could still kind of tap into that. But then, you know, as I went to study at Bermuda College and then eventually at NASCAD in in Halifax, I really just fell in love with design and kind of stopped identifying as an artist and really just was like, yo, I'm a designer. I solve problems with text and with images and with 
words and with content and with concepts and theories. So I fell in love with that whole process of doing things. And um, yeah, there, but there, there was a point where I felt that, honestly, I'm an artist. And why not? Why can't I be both? Like, why do I have to be an artist or a designer? Why can't I, I lean into both of those skill sets? And I also looked at it like when I started to see artists who were professional artists, they often like were teachers as well or something else. I knew very few who were making money exclusively just selling the work. They always had like another side or a side gig of some kind. And I looked at my graphic design skills as a way to have a commercial side of my business that really could be more of a steady moneymaker and more consistent moneymaker, while the fine art side, I could completely sort of explore and experiment, take chances. And I don't have to focus on making money as much. It's more about expressing these important ideas that I felt I had to get out. That I think, and that's what really I think led me to leaning into the fine art side is. I was starting to want to work with clients or my own projects where if I wanted to talk about race issues, I could talk about them in an honest way. If I want to talk about gender things, I could talk about it in an honest way. You can't always do that when you're dealing with a client project because you you have to solve their problem, not your own problem. But if I make an art piece about that, then I get it out and create my own platforms where I can release it. Then I don't need a client. I don't need anybody else. On the platform, I put it out and I have my own audience. And did you automatically say, okay, well, some of these messages, I need to put it on clothing or like, was that a thought from the beginning or was that something that came along after a while? Came along after a while. First, it was like prints and illustrations and the messages weren't as serious. I'd be listening to a rap song and I'd be like, that's a of dope course. <laughs> So I designed something that like reflected that lyric or whatever. It's funny. And then I moved away from that. But I also, when I, I realized, yeah, I'm passionate about music. So I started interviewing musicians because I was like, yo, how can I get connected to the music industry in some way without actually being in music? So I was interviewing musicians and writing on different music blogs and stuff like that and really getting connected. And it was there that I started to notice the overlap of fashion and music and art and seeing these cool t-shirts that the rappers were wearing. I was like, oh, that takes graphic design skill to be able to do that. And I know how to do that. But it also is very creative because they were also often, they always, always had some kind of message on them in some way. So I was like, Yo, it would be dope to work for a brand that lets me go crazy design-wise and still get paid for it. And then I was like, well, why am I waiting to get hired by one of these brands when I could just start my own? So that's what kind of led me to first starting Be Glitterati, and then eventually it became Art Pays Me. I remember Be Glitterati and the shirt with the Afro and what did it say? It just had be glitterati on that one, I think, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. It's so many things I want to dissect from that piece and from what you answered with the previous question. And for those of you who are listening, he mentioned Barclay. That's a high school in Bermuda. Oh. And um, he's mentioned Halifax and NASCAD. So that Halifax is in Nova Scotia, Canada, for those of you who don't know. 
So there we go. That wraps that piece up. But what was interesting in that was you mentioned, you know, you were thinking, hey, I want to do finance because that's what seems to be popular and what's popping as far as, you know, money coming in as well. And you said you were having some difficulty keeping up on that side of things. And it just comes to how kids learn so differently because now you got a master's degree, right? And I'm sure a lot of those kids who were deemed the really smart ones in class, a lot of them probably didn't go beyond that, right? So it's really interesting how sometimes a kid's goal can be suppressed because the adults around them don't understand how they're moving through life. It's so interesting to me, but obviously you found your right track because you didn't want to do finance anyway. But I just always wonder how many kids have been stopped from doing what they want to do because someone else thought that they weren't a good fit for it. You know, that's so crazy to me. But you do all of these things. So my question is, how do you do this along with working a full-time job? Like how how is that possible? <laughs> so I basically have to be disciplined in terms of, sectioning off different times of my day so it would be like these hours are restricted for full-time day job stuff these are times for art pays me if i have a client project then that kind of throws things off a little bit because there isn't really set time for that since i don't do them consistently Um, and it's usually me sending them a million messages like dj let's hop on zoom and fix something We'll be back after a quick break. Money is all around us, and we think about it more than almost every other aspect of our lives. But how can we make more of it, and what's our drive for building wealth beyond just the numbers in our bank account? Join us on the Make More podcast as our host, Matt Heslin, brings to you a dynamic lineup of experts in the world of investing, business, health, and beyond. Together, they unpack the secrets to not just surviving, but thriving in today's economy. It's about more than just wealth. It's about crafting life experiences, seizing opportunities, and building a legacy. Subscribe now to the Make More with Matt Heslin podcast and join us every week for new expert insights and inspiration. Yeah, but you know, it is what it is. My ideal world would be at some point, the client work takes the place of the day job because that would end up being a more consistent thing. but. As of right now, the consistent thing in my life is the day job. And then I take on only client work now that really fulfills me or I feel aligns with the story that I want to continue. First, I was taking on any project that would come my way. Now I'm really kind of working on how can I work with clients that continue that message? I, I like what you're doing with Best Period. So I feel like it aligns Black-owned business it's for women, it's empowering women in different kinds of ways. And you're a good person to work with. Now, like some clients are just not fun to work with. Sometimes the work is just not going to be worth sharing on my portfolio or whatever the case is. Sometimes you got to fire your clients. Like sometimes, sometimes you realize that the money coming in isn't worth the headache of it all. And when you do that, when you said, you know, you're being selective now, and when you're doing that, you're making space for the things that truly align and that you enjoy at the end of the day, right? I'm looking at the pictures. Those of you listening to the podcast obviously aren't going to see this, but I'm looking at pictures behind him. He has a moments in culture and (laughs) 
I always tease DJ because he's on Twitter and usually just starts trouble all the time with his messages and stuff, but it's good trouble. He makes good trouble. And I remember like, what's the Starbucks play you had on your head? Was it Art Box or something? Art Box, yeah. And then it was the H&M. He turned like the H&M logo to FM because this is after they had all that drama. And you have something else. Is it Unseated Territory? You had something. Yeah, Unseated Territory. I found like when I made that and then gender. Well, I'll do the Unseated Territory first. Like Unseated Territory Mm -hmm. because we started to really look at how Indigenous folks have been treated in the last few years. And this word of Unseated Territory started to come up a lot. But then I'm also in Nova Scotia where people are like so proud of being Nova Scotian and so like proud of being Canadian and stuff like that. Well, and then I made this painting, which kind of in bold red to represent like kind of blood, I guess you could say, over the shape of the Nova Scotian map. And in some ways, people could consider that disrespectful. But for me, it was like to comment on yeah, there were a lot of positive things about living here and a lot of positive things about this place, but we can't forget the real history of the people of this land. Mm -hmm. I mean, people's going to be upset no matter what you do, right? At least like your comfort is not my problem. At the end of the day, if you're sharing a message and the message is a real message and it's speaking for a lot of people who for so long weren't able to speak for themselves, then screw you and your feelings. Like we talk about this all the time, DJ. Like I'm just like, you know, at the end of the day, it's like you're putting out what you want to do. You're doing it from really good intentions. Like you're doing it from a place where not only are you helping those that feel unrepresented to see themselves in your work. But in addition to that, you're also educating people who may not think about it. They know it because at some point they were taught it, but they walk and go throughout their day forgetting that, hey, this land you're walking on was never really yours, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it's an important message that needs to get out there. And all of the work that you do really is something that's It's exciting to me because, I mean, it does create good trouble. Like some people get mad, but at the end of the day, when people talk, that's how they hear your voice. When people are talking about you, that's how the light gets shone on what it is that you're doing. So sometimes you need that. And that kind of brings us to my next question, which is, how do you put your stuff out there and put yourself out there when you may be doubting what it is you're creating? Because I know it's a lot of people, whether they're creating like physical art, whether they're singers, whether they're just trying to build their business and something else, but they're nervous about putting themselves out there as the creative individual they are because they're worried about people's judgments and opinions. Like what advice do you have for them? My advice is to just be consistent, keep doing it. You have to be your own cheerleader, your own believer, because what trips me out all the time is thinking back to some of those early days and like that Afro t-shirt you you talked about, like, I showed a lot of that stuff to close friends before I put it out because I wasn't sure. I was like, what do you think? Is this the best one? Is this the best one? Which ones should I release? And, you know, I went back by their feedback and that's whatever. And then I put stuff out and they didn't sell. So I was like, well, lots of people told me that these are really good. They're not selling. I don't know what I'm doing and I'm not getting a lot of likes on social media or whatever. And then, you know, maybe like three years later, I post the picture of that T-shirt randomly and people are like whoa you when did you make this i want can i buy that or something so it's one of those things where in the beginning it's hard to not notice those people who pop off right away like i remember i was 
started my brand and East Coast Lifestyle started after me and they just blew up. And I was like, man, like I'm doing the wrong thing. Like I'm, I must be doing something wrong because these guys have just taken off. But for me, I found that just being consistent, having a belief in me has sort of paid off, but also knowing when the right time to pivot. For instance, Big Literati, it wasn't working. So I was able to find a way through help of my friend Bo to pivot into Art Pays Me, which more closely aligned with who I was and what I wanted to do. So it, it's not exactly easy and you can't just necessarily prescribe a cure or solution, but you have to have a strong self-belief to the point that you might be a little off a bit. And people that love you are sometimes not going to understand it. They're not going to get it. And you can't really also be based on their opinions either. You've got to just be like, you know what? I know you don't get it right now, but trust me, you're going to see in time, this is all going to pay off and work out. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting in that piece is that it may often be because you're ahead of the time, right? Like you put that out before everyone was on this natural hair tip and Afros were the cool thing and all of that. You know what I mean? Like, so now when you posted it, of course, three years later, people were asking about it, but it's because, well, three years later was probably years ago now, right? But mm -hmm. like when you did that, that's when the natural hair movement had picked back up and people cared and wanted, you know, wanted to express themselves in that way. So sometimes you feel like you're penalized because you're ahead of the curve. Like I'm thinking, mm -hmm. well, we're watching the Genius a documentary mm -hmm. on Netflix and Kanye in some instances was ahead of his time in some of the things yeah. that he did. We're still in the second video. We haven't gotten to the third one yet, but it's a similar thing, right? And you can expect everybody to understand and that's the reality of it. What I always say, though, when it comes to expressing yourself or putting yourself out there, it's literally what's the worst that can happen. If mm -hmm. Dwayne put out his shirt and no one bought it, like no one liked it, no one bought it, that would be the worst case scenario. But the reality is if he never puts it out, no one can like it and no one can buy it. So it's in that worst case scenario if he never releases it, right? However, it's so much upside if he does. It's the potential for it to blow up. It's the potential for it to inspire or impact somebody else's life. So it's so many things that can happen as a result of him putting it out there. So I encourage you that is listening to always think about that other piece. Like what's the worst case scenario? And am I already living it? And if so, then go ahead and put it out there. What's the worst? that can happen you know it's always that brighter piece and the other things you need to focus on on what can happen if you do so i think mm -hmm. that will help people as well realizing like people's going to have judgments of you whether or not you put anything out you know so just yeah. just do it at the end of the day yeah and the other thing too like i don't look at the big literati phase as a failure because it gave me the opportunity i still like look at that fondly and it gave me an opportunity to see what worked and what didn't work with those designs. So it built up my experience as a clothing designer and saying, okay, so this time around, I would do this. This time around, I'll do that. Actually, that was really good in that one. It just was ahead of its time, like you said. So I can incorporate some ideas from that design and bring it into some of my stuff today that wouldn't have existed if I hadn't just taken that chance and just put that stuff out there regardless of what anybody thought. And actually, something you said, too, I don't think I've ever shared this on a podcast before because I always forget about it. But that was one of the other reasons what that made me want to go into fashion is that I think I'm ahead of my time sometimes a little bit. And uh, I don't know if you're old enough to remember the Hawaiian shirt phase that was going on. 
You're not that much older than me, DJ. Yes, I remember okay. the Hawaiian shark. <laughs> so for the people who are a little too young, there was a point in, in urban culture where everybody was just like rocking these Hawaiian shirts. And I remember I went to Trimingham's, which is, this is way before that trend. Went to Trimingham's, which is a retail store in Bermuda. And I saw these Hawaiian shirts that they were selling to tourists. And I was like, dude, this is fire. Like, imagine if you put like Japanese animation characters with this colorway, like this would be dope. Six, five, six years later, these were all over the streetwear blogs. Goku on, on uh, Hawaiian shirt designs. And I was like, man, like I, I could have put this out. And it, it would be me that's like ahead of the like so things like that. Stop I, doubting I, yourself. Happened, yeah, it's happened multiple times where I'm like, I think it's dope, but everybody else is thinking that's stupid, that's crazy, that's weird. Nobody's wearing that right now. Then you next thing, like, look at what Kanye's doing with them stupid boots. Trust <laughs> me, six months a year from now is going to be a lot of people wearing them boots. So it's like you got to just lean into that original idea, even if it feels uncomfortable. And if it doesn't take off, that's okay, too. I mean, that's fine. That happens. Yeah, at the end of the day, even if it doesn't take off, you like it, right? So it's like you're living authentically to you. So if you're like, okay, well, I like these Hawaiian shirts before they're popular. I'm going to rock them. If anybody else thinks they're crazy, then I don't care. They're going to be on my Instagram grid four years before they were on yours. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it doesn't matter at the end of the day as long as you like it. So, no, I think that's cool. And, okay, I have a question for you. I know what my answer is to this question, so I'll share that afterwards. But for you, what is the thing you do or the things you do or whatever it is that happens around you that helps motivate or inspire creativity? I literally pull from any and everything that's around me. I used to think that sadness and anger were sources of my artwork a lot. Now I'm trying to lean more into being okay with being happy. That's not always easy. But um, yeah, like I'll be on Twitter sometimes. And like you said, I start trouble. And I realized that, and there's a lot of artistic sources in there that I can draw from. So I make notes now instead of like ranting as much. I, I make a note and say that's going to be an art piece later. Sometimes I'm walking the dogs. I'll see something. I'll see a certain way that colors are put together somewhere. And I'll be like, oh, I just want to play with that color combination and see what happens. And then next thing I know, I got an, an idea or a concept coming from it. I've been called a sheep many times in the last year or so. And that's. <laughs> I've got an, an idea for a painting that's, that's oh, man. still the funniest conversation ever to be like <laughs> some background without telling you guys too much is DJ and I were having a conversation because a mutual somebody we know, we had a conversation. It was all around the COVID thing. Right. So, you know, you have people that are pro-vax, anti-vax, whatever. And there's always a set of people who think that people who don't agree with them aren't woke or they're sleeping or they're sheep. And the thing that was their comeback was that Duane shouldn't have went to art school. <laughs> should have did something else, study finance. And that was just so funny to me because I'm like, this makes no sense. Anyway, DJ is still the funniest thing in the world to me. And yeah, so you are a sheep. So I'm guessing you're going to, are you going to paint the sheep or paint the word sheep or like what's happening out of that? Oh, I don't want to reveal it too much. And I'm still kind of exploring it because I don't what I don't like to do. So this is the exciting thing that's been going on with me, I'd say right now is 
because like with the clothing stuff, I think I had stopped in following my art career so much because I was putting so much pressure on myself to put out a masterpiece every time I, I touched a canvas. And everybody as an artist is different. So take this with a grain of salt. This is just my exploration and my journey. But in my journey, I started to realize that some of my paintings and my art was basically graphic design in the form of art, which is fine. But because it was telling people exactly what it's supposed to tell them. It, and I'm realizing that the art that I enjoy most asks more questions than it does answer things. And I noticed that in my design, I would often try to you know, rely on the intelligence of an audience to figure things out. And clients didn't always like that because it's like, it's, I don't get it. And I'm like, the audience is smart enough to get it. And it's like, no. So now I'm flipping that and I'm being better at making my design clear. And in my art, I like to leave a lot of room for interpretation mm -hmm. and that makes it more engaging. So I may make a painting inspired by sheep. It might take you some time to figure out exactly what I'm trying to say. And I might be trying to say two or three different things. And I think that's half the fun. Like people getting to look at it and bring their own meaning to it, then sort of relying on what I have to say. Yeah, that is cool. Because then if someone goes around and let's say somebody purchases it, it may mean something completely different to them. Like, let's say it was like a sheep with a big cloud over it or whatever, right? Um, mm -hmm. To you, that might be like a joke about someone calling you that or whatever. And to them, maybe they had sheep in the yard as a kid and it reminds them of their sister who's no longer with them or whatever it is. So it allows the expansion of your art itself, right? It can mean four things to you and 400 to other people. So no, I think that's smart. When it comes for me, um, obviously I'm not, I mean, I can draw a bit, but that's not what I do. But when it comes to me, as far as writing or creating anything for the brand, for me, it's always listen to a certain podcast. Maybe it's an audio book, or I actually have two playlists that I listen to frequently when I need a boost. One I call boss moves. So when I turn it on, like you can't tell me a dang thing. Like I am that one, right? So I have that one. Then I have one called confidence that I created with like similar vibe, but it's a little softer and less rap. So yeah, those are the things that push me because the reality is you can't depend on motivation. And I posted something on my Instagram this morning, watch me mess up the quote, but it was something along the lines of discipline will take you places motivation cannot, right? And I say all the time, like you can't depend on motivation. It's great because you're in the flow when you're motivated and you're more likely to create something you love and enjoy it while you're doing it. But that when you're not motivated, it doesn't mean you're not going to get the result of creating during that time. And I use exercise as an example. I never want to exercise. I don't want, I didn't want to go down to the gym this morning, but I went there and I still got the benefit of the workout, whether or not I was motivated to do it. So it works the same in our creative endeavors as well, whether or not we want to do them, we can still make progress daily, even if we take small pieces of action, you know? So yeah. that's my well, little tip. Go ahead. No, I was going to add to that because I, I agree. And I think sometimes people who aren't entrepreneurs or creative folks, and sometimes people who are, but they, or at least they aspire to be, <laughs> put it that way, they aspire to be, they don't necessarily understand that concept of it is that Sometimes, you know, I'll be complaining about stuff that I have to do. And I'm not complaining because I'm not grateful. I'm complaining just because I'm, it doesn't matter whether it's art you're making, whether it's, doesn't matter. 
but you enjoy it, you're passionate about it, there are days when you just don't want to do it. And when people say, well, just don't do it. Well, sometimes you, it's not that simple. Like sometimes it yes. really is that discipline. And also, like, if you don't feel like doing it and you don't do it, that one day could turn into two, that could turn into two weeks, that could turn into two months. And then it's even more difficult to get back into it. Right. And yeah. we're not saying at any point, like, don't take a break. Don't go easy on yourself. Like, by all means, do that. Feel your feelings, do what you got to do. But I always remember the podcast I did with Ty Hunter. And it's like, you know, you got to feel your feelings, but you got to put an expiration date on it as well. So don't yeah. sit in it for too long. Like, and if you're not motivated, you know, maybe go outside, take a walk that could create or inspire motivation, or at least put you in a better headspace, you know? So there's things you can do that push you forward without actually diving in and grinding. Cause you know, it's not all about grinding, but it, you do have to take small steps each and every time in order to move forward. Cause if not, if you're stopping, you're going to find yourself a few steps back if you're stopping for long periods of time. So no, I 100% am in agreement with that DJ for sure. So for you, what would you say to someone who right now listening to this podcast then is like, well, you know, I haven't been motivated and I literally just can't pick up the brush or I can't turn on the mic to do the podcast or I can't do this or that. Like, how do you find when you're in a place where you really don't want to do it? Like, how do you find that motivation or not even motivation? How do you find that drive to do it? I think about why I want to do it, first of all. And if I can't come up with a good reason why, then maybe I don't need to be doing it. For instance, remember when we I started the daily workout thing? For, so for 2022, I was like getting in better shape was something that I had as a goal for myself. And I said, I'm going to start out the year working out every day. And I just wanted to do the first month. I just said every day for the first month of the year, I'm going to set the intention to do some form of exercise every day. I won't put pressure on myself as to what it is. It just has to be exercise. And hopefully I'll continue it going on throughout the year, but I'm not going to beat myself up if I don't. But this is what I'm going to do. I could say the same thing with drawing, et cetera, et cetera. But there were lots of days I didn't want to do it, didn't feel like doing it. So what I do is I just say, screw it. Go into the place that I exercise and just start with something light. Start shaking my head, start shaking my arms, stretch something. Next thing I know, I'm doing something else and then I'm doing something else. And the same thing happens with art. Sometimes I noticed, especially when I've decided to get back into it and I was so scared of not creating a masterpiece, starting a painting was always like, oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Just pick it up and make a mark and then mm -hmm. make another mark and then make another mark. And next thing you know, you've been painting for an hour. No, I, I love that. So you're not putting that pressure on yourself of doing something and doing it wholly, long as you start, right? So if somebody's, let's say you want to write a book and you're like, man, I promised myself I'm going to do three chapters a day. And this day you don't want to do it. Open up Word and write three sentences. And you're going to yep. find when you do that, you're going to move a bit forward more than you would have if you didn't do it at all. So I do like that. And by the way, DJ is January thing. I didn't realize it wasn't like fully for the year. So he, I saw him post it on Instagram and he got me all involved 
which was my own doing, but he posted it on Instagram and said his exercise in every day for the year. And I'm thinking he's insane, but I'll join him for January. And I'm glad I did. I hated it by the first Wednesday, like I'm three days in and hated it. And I'm glad I kept going because for the entire January, I did it. And now I'm down to four to five days a week, but I wouldn't be here if I didn't do that. And I feel better as a result. So still don't like exercise. And I don't think that's going to change. It's just not my ministry. And I'm fine with that. But I am grateful that you put up that goal that I didn't realize wasn't a real goal. But I'm glad you put it up. (laughs) And I remember asking you. But I remember asking you. Like I said, DJ, why are you committing to it? Because listen, DJ walks his dog every single day. These dogs, you're walking for what? 30 minutes or more? Like 20 minutes. They're not that long. But the point is, early in the morning, you're out and you're moving in the cold Halifax weather, right? And to me, I'm like, man, that would definitely come to that as exercise. And you didn't want to. You're like, no, I'm doing something else. I want to do something intentional that's exercise. And I felt like inspired by that. I'm like, crap, well, he's getting two workouts a day. You could, the least you could do is one a day in January. So mm-hmm. you don't even realize who you may be inspiring by just posting something on your Instagram. So, oh, look, yeah. I, what's his face is behind you. I didn't realize you drew him. Next to the basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I like that. Where can people find you? Like, I know that you're on Instagram. Where do you prefer they follow you? Is it Twitter? Is it Instagram? Your website? Joining your email list? Let them know where they can find you. Yeah. So I'm actually working on three websites currently right now. Oh, Uh, Lord. So I have a... Yeah, I know. (laughs) I started the year off with a bang. I got stalled because, you know, you can do so much. So... The main website, I'd say, is rpaysme.com. So actually, you know what? I'll break down what my goal is for the year so that that makes more sense. So Glitterati Communications is my business. That's what it's officially called. And that's where I do my freelancing and my consulting. What I've decided I'm going to do is be more intentional about bringing Glitterati Communications back as an umbrella company. And that's where I do my consulting. But rpaysme falls under Glitterati Communications, and then Dwayne as the independent artist and possibly other artists that I might have on roster of some kind will fall under there as well as a Glitterati artist. So as you go forward, you might start to see Glitterati logos pop up in my things. I've started um, seeing my podcast is presented by Glitterati, et cetera. So it's, it's expanding more into a wider thing than just Art Pays Me. Uh, it's building an empire, folks. Yes, basically. Yeah, I'm putting it out there and um, thinking bigger and really pushing that envelope. And that will allow me to just fully embrace this uh, merging of art and design in a more consistent way. But yeah, for now, though, artpaysme.com and I'm at artpaysme on Instagram. And you can find me at artpaysme on Twitter if you want to hear me be snarky and and more <laughs> create good trouble he creates good trouble over on twitter so art pays me everywhere which is basically yeah art pays me instagram twitter all the places you don't have tiktok which i'm yeah. sure your daughters are happy about <laughs> no they are clubhouse there's new app called choice that's like a clubhouse a thing though like are people still using that some people are it's still, okay. I don't go there much, but there are still some folks there. But okay. I am on this new app that's like a clubhouse slash Instagram competitor uh, that kind of has functionality of both of those called Choice. So you can check that out. 
Oh, cool. And yeah, it all pays me there as well then. Yeah. Cool. So there's one question I love to ask at the end of every single Freedom Slave podcast, and that is, what does freedom mean to you? Freedom to me is choice. I'm not the type of person that doesn't want to work or anything like that. I feel like I get some from fulfillment from serving on, on some level. But the idea of being able to, to spend time with my family and friends guilt-free while still knowing that my business is taken care of is freedom. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on here. Thank you for having me. Yay, uh, we did it. We've been talking about doing this for a while now. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, and Happy I've to have you. Uh, you hear him, Do you guys hear him sighing like, ah, finally, it's over. Done talking to you. <laughs> People think that I'm an extrovert and stuff because I have a podcast and they see me in public sometimes smiling and carrying on. But like every social interaction, even interaction with Gainette makes me nervous everything well same right so same with me a lot of people think i'm an extrovert because i like to talk right but i like to talk in the presence of my own home and when i'm talking to my phone or something but interacting with people literally requires a build-up of energy like i have to build myself up to do it and then once i've done it it's kind of fun i'm like oh that wasn't bad that was okay and then it's the build back like you're like okay let me relax from it all but no i totally get it so i get nervous not doing my own podcast obviously but hopping on everybody else's i do too so totally yeah. get it but you know people that move move so i get it Thank you for hopping on, DJ. Indeed. Thank you for having me. Hope you enjoyed this episode with my brother and I just chatting it up. If you did, make sure you take a screenshot and tag us over on Instagram. I'm at Gainete, G-A-Y-N-E-T-E, and he is at Art Pays Me. A-R-T-P-A-Y-S-M-E. Art Pays Me is where you can find him on Instagram. I'll be putting all the links to his places, which is all oh, ArtPaysMe, ArtPaysMe.com, ArtPaysMe on Twitter and Instagram. I'll put it all below in the show notes anyway, just in case for some reason you forget. And we will chat next time. Speak soon. Okay, okay. I see you, Freedom Slayer. You stayed through to the end, which tells me that you likely enjoyed this episode. Listen, if you haven't already, do your sister a favor by heading on over to the iTunes store to leave a review for the podcast. It'll help others like you find a benefit from it. And look, it also helps with the rankings. Hashtag transparent AF. I appreciate you.